This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. So, good morning. I'm sure you're all enjoying your Lagomer. Which is a question I want to ask you. Why is it that on Lagomer we don't have regular class? What's so special about Lagomer that we go on trips, we play ball? What is it about Lagomer? Now, we all know that historically, Svira, the days of Svira, which we're in now, were days of happiness. They were days of joy. All the wheat was growing, our crops were ripening, and we're getting ready to have our food. This is going to be our crops for the whole year. And as our crops and wheat ripen, and they get better, so do we. We work on improving ourselves, so we get closer to that great Yom Tev of accepting the Torah, once again. That changed. That changed the end of the second Beis Hamikdash after the destruction of the second Beis Hamikdash. We know that Rabbi Akiva, the great Rabbi Akiva, had 24,000 Talmidim. As the Gemara puts it, 12,000 pairs of Talmidim. And as the Gemara tells us, they did not show honor to one another, and therefore they died. What does it mean they died? What does it mean they didn't show honor to each other? We're talking about people here who are the greatest of the great, the biggest Talmidi Chachamim, the most perfect Midos. Yet, on their level, they did not show sufficient honor to one another, and because of that, they died. And they stopped dying on Lagba Omer, which is pretty interesting to think that the reason why we celebrate Lag Bomer as a happy day because the Talmidim of Rabbi Kiva stopped dying. Well, do you know why the Talmidim of Rabbi Kiva stopped dying on Lag Bomer? Because they were all dead. There was nothing left. They were all gone. So why do we celebrate Lag Bomer as a happy day? Lag Bomer should be a day of Tehillim, of introspection, a day of working on fixing our mitos, to think that all the Talmidim of Rav Yekiva died. We're celebrating that? If they would have stopped dying after two days, after five days, that's one thing. But why do we stop? Why do we celebrate? Because they stopped dying. They only stopped dying because they were gone. In fact, if we think about it, 24,000 Talmidim to die in a span of 32 or 33 days that's over 700 tzaddikim dying every day. Can you imagine, Chas Shalom, every morning you get up and your, your WhatsApp doesn't stop. The newspapers are full. And these are the tzaddikim who are dying, over 700 every day. They finally stopped in Lag Bomer. We're celebrating? Again, that's only because they stopped dying. So what is it about Lag Bomer that we are celebrating? We shouldn't be going on trips. We should be staying in our classrooms and saying to Hillam and figuring out how to improve ourselves. And the truth is, that is what we're doing. Because throughout Sphira and throughout the year, our teachers, our Rebbeim, our Moros, they're teaching us to have good meetings, to behave properly with one another, to care for one another, to think of one another. And therefore, when Lag Bomer comes, you know what we do? We have the opportunity not just to walk the walk, not just to talk the talks, but to walk the walk. 
not just to say that you have to behave with your friends, you have to be nice to your friends. It's not the learning that's the Iker, it's the doing what you've learned. And therefore, while we learned the whole year that we have to behave properly with one another, we have to have good mitos, Lang Bomer's opportunity where we get to go out and we get to play baseball and we get to play games and contests. And what happens? You're playing baseball and somebody is not careful and someone drops the ball or they drop the ball because they're not good. You're going to make fun of that person? There are plenty of names you can say to such a person. Is that what you're going to do? Which means all the things you've learned till now didn't mean anything to you. Or are you going to feel for that person? Are you going to go give the person a nice word? You'll do better next time. That was a difficult catch to try to make. And maybe later that night you'll call him up and say, Hey, want to have a catch tomorrow? I'm going to show you something that I practiced a lot and you can do the same. And that's what Lagba Omer is. Lagba Omer is a time to go out and to show that we worked on our mitos, but not just in talk, but to actually go and show that we actually learned something and we can put it in practice. And that's why the minig is to go out and to go on a trip on Lagba Omer, to go to the park, to play a game, to show that we internalized what our teachers taught us. And that's an amazing opportunity we have of Lagba Omer. Now I want to share with you a story, an unbelievable, amazing story. And if you listen well, you can walk away with a lesson that can help you change and improve your life. This story does not take place a long, long time ago. This story takes place last year. This story doesn't take place in a far, far away land. The story takes place right here in New Jersey. Of course, all the names are changed. There was a girl. She was in high school. She was the youngest in her family. Her name was Leah. And she went to Israel after high school. She graduated. She went with her friends. She went to school, to seminary. And she had a wonderful year. And she came back. And she started going to college. And like most of her friends, after a few months, she wanted to... Uh, thinking about getting married. And then another few months she felt she was ready. And being the youngest in the family, everyone had all the advice for her. And she started to go out on dates. And she really wanted to get married. Only thing is, she couldn't find anyone that wanted to marry her. Or that she wanted to marry. And one year came, another year, another year, a third year, a fourth year, a fifth year. And by now, Everyone's starting to get nervous. She's starting to get nervous. And they're davening and they're doing all sorts of chesed. And she's trying to figure out what's going on. Now all her friends are married. It's eight years already, nine years. And already over 11 years passed. And Leah wasn't young anymore. Wasn't old, wasn't young. She's been trying to get married for almost 11 years and it didn't work. One day... Her sister, her older sister, was considerably older than her. We call her Rachel. She was at home and she was serving supper to her family. And while she's serving supper to her family, she turns to her husband and she says, You know, Leah is going out on a date tonight. Isn't that exciting? And her husband looks, Oh, wow, hopefully, you know. And they had a son named David, all of 11 years old, and his ears perk up. He said, Oh, Aunt Leah is going on a date tonight. I knew that. 
And they looked at him and says, oh, really, you knew that? He goes, yeah. How'd you know that? I knew that. Not only did I know that, but I also am going to tell you that she's going to marry that person before this Rosh Hashanah. So they looked at him and says, oh, really? In the next uh, four months or so, she's going to get married to this guy. That's right. And the father and mother smile. And they look at David and says, really? How do you know this? So David said, I got a story. I know this. So you got a story? He says, yeah. He says, maybe you want to share this story with us. No. No. Uh-huh. So you know that Aunt Leah is going to marry this fellow, even though she didn't meet him yet. And you know this because you have a story, but you won't share the story with us. That's right. Okay. You know, they looked at each other, the parents, and they laughed. Anyways, a few days later, they're walking home from Shul Friday night. And the father looks at his son, little David, says, David, maybe you want to share the story now? Just us two? He says, well, I'm a little uncomfortable. He says, why are you uncomfortable? He says, well, I think you're going to laugh at me. He says, what? I would have laughed at you. Don't worry, just me and you. Tell me the story on the way home. He says, okay. You know, a little while ago, towards the end of school, and the boys decided we're going to have a baseball game. We have a baseball game in school in the yard. And we're all excited. Made the teams. We want to make teams. We're going to make teams right away. The day was over. And everyone ran outside to start the game. I had to stay inside a little. I had to put my books away. I was organizing my stuff. I come outside. And they're over there talking, making up teams. And I walk over and I want to play. And some of the guys look at me and say, oh, you can't play. I said, what? Why can't I play? He says, you're too late. Too late? You guys are outside less than five minutes. Why can't I play? Not you can't play, you're too late. And he said, that's ridiculous. I just came. I'm, I'm here five minutes after you. Of course, you didn't make your teams yet. Not you can't play. Why can't I play? And all of a sudden, one guy looks and says, you can't play because you don't know how to play. You can't catch a ball. Another guy says, that's right, you can't even run. And the third guy says, you can't even hit the ball. We don't want you to play. And I said, what do you mean? It's a school property. You have to let me play. I'm going to tell on you if you don't let me play. Well, they had no choice. He said, okay, fine. You can play. You're going to go play out in left field, okay? Okay, fine. That's better than nothing. And he starts to run to his position. He only takes a few steps. Unfortunately, his shoelace was open, and he trips. He trips, Dove trips, and he falls in on his face. And everybody starts burst out laughing. Everyone's laughing at him. And they're laughing at him and laughing at him. See, you want to play? You can't even get to your position. Forget about throwing the ball or catching it. You can't even get to your position. And they were laughing at me. And David tells his father, he was on the floor, and there was dirt there. I picked up some rocks, and I put them in my hand, and that's it. I was going to get up, and I was going to stuff those stones into their faces. I don't care what they would do to me. I was so angry. I was humiliated. And then all of a sudden, I remembered something our Rebbe told us a few weeks ago. Our Rebbe told us that sometimes Hashem puts somebody in a situation as a chesed, as a kindness, because He wants us to overcome. He wants us that we're in a situation where we can get angry at somebody. If we can control ourselves, and, and not get angry at that person, and not do anything, not answer back, that becomes an ace ratzon. That becomes a special time of goodwill to Hashem. 
And that time, if a person goes and does that, Hashem says, you went out of your way for me, so there could be peace among my children, I'm going to go out of my way for you. And therefore that's a great time where a person can dive into Hashem for something, perhaps out of the ordinary. So I was lying there, and I thought about Aunt Leah. I said, Hashem, I'm not going to answer back. I'm not going to do anything. And that's Chus, Aunt Leah, should be able to get married very soon. And, and I felt a sense of calm and peace come over me. And I let go of the stones. And I was going to get up and walk away. And then all of a sudden, I felt something. Now, sometimes you hear an amazing story. Sometimes you hear a cruel story. Now, while this story is an amazing story, it has a cruel part to it. And that is, he started to feel a liquid coming down on him. And then he heard the boys laughing. They were taking their cans of soda, pouring it on him and said, Hey, how's it going down there? I think it's raining. I don't know if you can play the game. They were pouring their soda on me on the ground. They were pouring their soda on me. I couldn't take it. I got so angry. I once again picked up those stones and I'm going to shove it down their face. And then I stopped. And I thought of Aunt Leah. And this time I said, Hashem, not only now in return for this, I wanted to get married. I wanted to get married before the year's up. Before Rosh Hashanah this year. In a few months, I want her to get married. I let go of the stones. I got up and I ran away. And I ran home, the whole way home, and I was crying. I ran to the house, I ran to my room. I threw myself on the bed. I was humiliated. I was angry. But I felt good. I felt good at what I did. And now, it's only a few days later, when I heard that Aunt Leah had a date, I knew that she was going to get married. And that's how I know that she's going to marry this person. I'm sure you can guess the end of the story. She ends up getting engaged to that person and she ends up getting married. But the lesson here is so powerful. You know, there's one word that Hashem never says. And that word is oops. Oops. Hashem never says, I, I can't believe what just happened. Or I forgot about this. That doesn't happen. Everything Hashem does is perfect. And therefore, when we find ourselves in a situation of being Adam Lechavero, Perhaps someone says something to us. Someone did something to us. Or someone left us out of something. We have a right to be angry. Says Hashem, I put you in that position as a gift. So you can go and do something. You know what it is you can do? Keep the peace. Keep Shalom. And if you do that, if you go out of your way for me, says Hashem, I will go out of my way for you. You know, summer's coming up. And we're soon going to be out of our houses a lot more. Together with our friends a lot more, Mirza Hashem. And when that happens, the inevitable happens. People say things to us they shouldn't say. People do things to us they shouldn't do. You know what we should do? We should go and think of something that we really, really want. But perhaps we don't really deserve. And we should take that thought and put it in our pocket. And walk around with it. And then, when Chas Vashon, that thing happens to us, that uncomfortable situation where someone says something to us, all we need to do is turn to that person and smile. And then we turn away and we turn to Hashem and say, Hashem, I kept the peace. 
I went out of my way for you. Now go out of the way for me. That's such a tremendous Ace Ratzon. And then you can ask for that thing that you want to ask. And that's something we have to remember on Lag Bomer. Lag Bomer is the time to activate and to show that all these things that we learned about Ben Adam Lechavero, we don't just talk the talk, but we walk the walk. Have a very enjoyable Lag Bomer. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.